Howdy, this is Rodman, and welcome to the Rodman Steel Studio Podcast. Uh, lesson three about the Beatles is what we're about to go over, and I'm here again with the wonderful Emily. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Great okay. to be here. Awesome. Fantastic. What are you doing this weekend? Uh, I'm probably going to see Dune. Oh, I want to yeah. see Dune. That sounds good. Did you watch Squid Game? Did we talk about we that? We started it. We're three yeah. episodes in. I loved it. Yeah, I yeah. am about it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not a fan of, like, like that's not typically the kind of TV shows mm-hmm. with the kind of stuff that I watch. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah, we it's we awesome. watch a lot of Korean dramas, and we watch a lot of, like, Korean horror movies, and they're all, like, just super Are excessively they bloody. Yeah, well, excessively Squid, bloody. Squid yeah. Game is a little different. Yeah. It's a little more, like, serious, I think. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's totally, like, up our alley. Okay. So. Yeah, I like it, too. Okay, here is what we're going over today. We're going over the Beatles, and this is the aspect that we're going to hit it from. I was like, hmm... What's like something, you know, a little tiny aspect of the Beatles that we don't know that much about or the common layman doesn't know that much about? And we could just kind of look into it and give us some perspective onto the Beatles and what they were and what they did and what was going on around them. So today, today what I have prepared for you, I have gone through and researched the popular music that was happening from 1950 to 1970, with the most emphasis on the 60s, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I'll go ahead and say a lovely piece of data that I'd love to find that I was sort of hoping I would get um, some insight into from this data, which I did, but not that much. Mm -hmm. Something awesome I, I have an eye out for is someone who has made already like a chart somehow of genre popularity Mm. in the line graph like how last last week or whatever i made a line graph about the length of the beatles hair i would love to see that over the 60s but actually genre popularity Mm -hmm. because i from the data i have correct collected it is pretty darn interesting i think at least from from our 2021 lens looking back with with what our associations of the 60s and the 50s and the 70s are and actually what the charts were saying mm-hmm. uh it's it's very fascinating so where do you want to start um well i'm kind of curious like so you said you did a musical analysis. What kind of things were you analyzing? Yes. So the the main pieces of data uh, that I used was I used number one hits mm-hmm. throughout on, on Billboard. Uh, yeah, on okay. Billboard. I used number one hits in the U.S. Uh, for various different years, okay. and that was one piece of data. Like how many number one hits? One interesting thing about that in terms of number one hits. From like 1950 through the 60s and the 60s, then there are so many more number one hits. As in that that number one hit slot keeps changing a lot more often. Okay, as is, opposed to like one song dominating for 10 weeks. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Like in like in the 50s, there was like, you know, th- there was one year in the 50s where there was probably three number one hits. Oh, okay, you know, yeah, because that's what everyone listened to for a long time. Yeah, okay. yeah, and and then the kind of music it's so interesting because you know I I think most people. When I think 60s, I think Zeppelin. And then mm-hmm. I think, you know, Floyd coming in. And I think of Simon and Garfunkel, and mm-hmm. I think of this. And this gives such an interesting picture, honestly, of what was going on, at least mm-hmm. in, in the most popular sense of music. Yeah. You know, I will say this data is very topical. 
on purpose, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's literally just sales. Yeah. It's sales and it's plays, it's number one hits. Um, some more data that I'll get to is I use the Hot 100 charts, mm-hmm. which was made in 1958. Uh, that Billboard was like, you know, we need something that's all cross genre. Yeah. Because because now there's there's so many number one hits that are of different genres. They're like, well, we we need we need one one tab. I guess they didn't have the internet back then, so they couldn't use tabs. And tabs. <laughs> um, but, but they need they need one spreadsheet cell. That's, yeah. That's all sales across all genres, yes. as opposed to earlier when it was more like, this is the country, this is the R&B, this exactly. is the rock, exactly. and, and they yeah, wanted yeah, one that yeah, was yeah. a combo. Exactly. And I think still in that time period, by the way, with country music, I, feel, I think they still called it hillbilly music really? as oh, the term. Oh, that's great. I and love then, it. And then they called it western, and that's then you had so country funny. and western. Um, yeah, there's some interesting stuff about that. Um, why don't, if it's okay with you, start with 1950 to 58? Okay. Does that work with you? Yeah, sounds so great. So d- just to begin to give us some context about, you know, what, if the Beatles hit America in 1963, you know, 1960, they kind of appear on the scene in Britain. Here's what, here's, here's just a summary of what was big from 1950 to 1958. You had crooners. Crooners were very dominant. And by crooner, the most popular crooner people know of is Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Not that I didn't see that many number one hits of Frank Sinatra, by the way, through the 50s. Mm -hmm. But the crooner thing was was huge all throughout the 50s and did not wane in in, uh, popularity all throughout the 60s. In terms of number one hits, Elvis throughout the 50s had 10 number one hits. Mm -hmm. But someone like uh, Perry Como, Patti Page, these jazz singers, these girl jazz crooners and men jazz crooners, those were dominantly the big hits. Um, so so yeah, I, I just want to pause and ask a question. So you, you mentioned that the Billboard 100 chart, mm-hmm. they didn't make it until 1958. Yeah. So, so the, the what chart, the Hot 100. Uh-huh. So what, what chart are you looking at for yes. this data before 1958? The, this is solely number one hits. I, 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 I on, could, on all genre charts. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's definitely U.S. This mm-hmm. is definitely U.S. data. Um, yeah. But yet, I, I found data that was number one hits, all the number one hits through like per year. Okay. And then I even found, I found so, so, some micro charts. As in, I, I have 1950, like here's a list of number ones from 1950. Like weekly? As opposed to uh, throughout the entire year, okay. like, like literally, like throughout the entire year of 1950, here's what songs hit number one. Okay, um, it's funny. Like I told you that we're we're dominantly gonna have like that solo jazz mm-hmm. crooner kind of singer. Uh, we get some rag bebop coming in at 1950. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also get like some guitar blues and not rock and roll, but like guitar blues kind of playing. Yeah, but honestly, there there's there's this big genre of like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was the kind of thing that <laughs> yeah. that, 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 big, that could become a number one hit in this yeah, age. Yeah. Like the Battle of New Orleans becomes a number one hit. <laughs> oh my the, gosh. The, there's, these, there's these absolutely nothing less than cheesy songs <laughs> that, that like are huge number one hits. I, That's I'm so to, great. I love it. Yeah. like Well, like last time you, last time you mentioned that Elvis's best-selling album of all time was his Christmas album. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and nowadays people By make far. people make Christmas albums as like almost a gimmick. Oh, I, you know? I, I love that you said that in, in terms of albums. 
from 56 to 65, the top selling album of the year for each of those years in America, 56 to 65, was either a musical soundtrack or a movie soundtrack, but wow. mostly musical. For not, for that's 10 years, Until actually. 65. Wow. And in 66, it was uh, Whipped Cream and Other Delights by the Tijuana Brass, her, her Val Persson uh-huh. Tijuana Brass, which was... Also, I mean, not rock and roll yet, but no. just, just just band stuff, and yeah, we'll get to that. So on the micro in the 1950, that's the kind of stuff we have. I'll go ahead and jump to 1959, yeah, just to kind of see where we are at that point. Still a lot of crooner, mm-hmm. uh, but one thing that will be interesting to you and me, at least, is that as we listen to the all the songs throughout like 1959, I looked at every single number one hit. We, we're starting to hear a lot more one, four, five. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and instead of like big, there's a lot of these these uh, s- solo singer songs that instead of following some like real long jazzy progression standard, there's like a lot of one, there's a lot of one, four, five. Mm-hmm. And for you listeners, one, four, five, that, that's terminology referring to the kind of chords being used. Mm-hmm. Uh, the blues. Mm-hmm. Think the blues. Yeah. Th- think rock and roll. But rock and roll and the blues is dominantly, especially in this time period, one, four, five. Mm-hmm. So just that sound world, that's what we're talking about. We're starting to see that come up, come up a lot more. We get some Elvis hits as number one. So rock and roll is like a thing, mm-hmm. you know, but the only number ones are Elvis. Uh, and, but and we still have this country funny kind of thing popping mm-hmm. up. I also want to note that, that so, something that's going to continue to rise that I think is really interesting is the singer-songwriter thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I'm guessing that that's going to become really big in the 60s because I'm thinking of like Vietnam War and protest music and people like Bob Dylan. Yeah. I'm guessing like that's going to become a huge thing in the 60s. Yes, I, I, yeah. it, it does. So, so especially by 1968, we start seeing big hits in the rock field or at least like the new age music of psychedelic stuff. Um, Weird singer-songwriters. I, I wrote down literally long hair singer-songwriter. So, so, so <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're starting to see singer-songwriter groups with long hair, mm-hmm. um, which is a big change. I'm also seeing that as we go through the 60s, this singer-songwriter uh, genre, it, it seems to kind of fulfill. My, my prediction is it's kind of fulfilling the crooner. Thing. Okay. It, like, it's stepping into that it, sort of space. It, yeah, it's kind of stepping yeah. into that space. Where, where, where I think, of course, you know, the crooners, the average age demographic of the crooners, I think we can safely say, was probably higher than the ones buying Elvis and Chuck Berry records and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, likely. And, and so so I think these people that start, start buying Simon and Garfunkel records, those are more of your adults. That's mm. that, that. I think there's more of an older mm-hmm. audience and a younger audience, of course, but... You, you know, still people with a lot of, I think one of the reasons in the 50s we see still the popularity of all of all these crooners and the jazz stuff is, you know, who has the, the, the disposable income at the end of the day? Who, who controls it mm. in the 1950s family? It's, it's the parents. Mm-hmm. It's the parents' record player. Record players were expensive back then. Yeah. You know, so... Um, so you got to consider that, that as we go through the 60s, uh, one of the majority buyers in terms of demographic is going to be these adults mm-hmm. you know because like one thing that we're going to find out by the time we get to 1968 it's not like every hit is Jimi Hendrix and the Stones mm-hmm. and the Beatles and yeah. everything like that there's still a lot of this 
older. I just think music that older people were buying. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. I, I, th- I think we, we kind of neglect you to can, view that. We see that there's still hits that appear to be appealing to an older audience. Yeah, And absolutely. since they're getting number one, it's evidence that, you know, even if young people are buying them, mm-hmm. you know, people in general are buying them in such high numbers totally. that there's clearly an adult demographic that yeah. is really interested in this music. A- a- absolutely. When I think of like 1968, what, what I think I know exactly what album was biggest that year. Let's see what the biggest album was in 1968. It was actually a Hendrix album. That, that, okay. that, that's, a, that's surprising. But you know, in 1966, let's say that, we were getting all these cool rock records. We were getting Revolver from the Beatles, you know, just for, for instance. Um, but I think Led Zeppelin's about to enter the scene. Mm-hmm. We have Cream and all this yep. kind of stuff. That that's that's what I think of when I look back at the '60s and then the mm-hmm. R&B popping up. Yep. But the biggest album still of '90 in '66 was a bit was a big brass band. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, um, yep. it, and it's gonna be like that for a long. Which at the time might have been you know quote dad music. Yeah, you know? I, honestly, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it it was your parents' music and your mm-hmm. parents were a huge buying market. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. So uh, I have the Hot 100. I, I did, went ahead and did the Hot 100 for like a lot of different years through the 60s. Mm-hmm. The, 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 and the Hot 100 didn't just list number ones. Mm-hmm. Th- this was I chose this week mm-hmm. of different years. So I, like the week of third week of October, okay. I went through. I can't believe I was able to find it. It was on Billboard, but I was mm-hmm. able to go week by week and see yeah. what what was number. Yeah, one Billboard. That week. They keep extensive good, good, good records archives. and they yeah. yeah it's kind of awesome like it's really you know good. just as a side note you know doing research on popular music for my master's thesis i appreciated so much how detailed the billboard records are for all their charts going yeah. back to the very beginning of time yeah. like you can find easily exactly who was number 79 on the hot 100 the week of you know September twelfth, nineteen sixty three. Like you can easily find that information on the Billboard yeah. website. Yeah, it's, it's really so cool. dope. It's, it's so really dope. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, well, one thing before we get into the Hot one hundred. So, so the Hot one hundred um, is, is what I was able to access. Like, not not just number one hit, but what like you're saying, like the actual chart mm-hmm. of of a given week, yeah. which was great. Uh, just a, di- a short digression with Britain, just an overall. We're going to go through the U.S., but with Britain, in summary, uh, the the rock and roll thing came earlier. Mm-hmm. The black artists were less common in terms of black records and stuff like that. Uh, way more, way way more bigger hits in, in the, the American States. records in the yeah. United States than, than in Britain in general. Uh, also, just less crooners. There actually just kind of in general was less crooners, but still had the singer songwriter thing. Um, but rock hit earlier in, mm-hmm. in, in, in Britain. Yeah. Um, for instance, in 1967, like the number one hits in Britain were almost all Beatles, plus some rock and a little bit of country. Mm-hmm. Country? That one seems kind of like off. Yeah. Off, uh, off the beaten path uh-huh. for Britain. That's interesting. It's not surprising to me to hear that, you know, there's fewer black artists represented, that kind of thing. Because when I think about the genres that would have been commercially successful in the United States during that time mm-hmm. that were typically more often sung by black yeah. musicians. I'm thinking of jazz and I'm thinking of like 
bebop and yeah. that kind of thing and and those genres are like american music yeah, jazz yeah, is like yeah. the american music you genre mean, so yeah. that's actually not that surprising to me to hear a- a- absolutely and, and and into the late like the 50s sprinkled throughout the 50s mm-hmm. we have black artists getting really popular songs mm-hmm. and 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 through the 50s it was through jazz bebop mm-hmm. some solo singing but as we get into the 60s we, um, you know, well, let me get into 1965. So, so in 1965, the, this week in 1965, the biggest hot, the top songs were mostly rock and R&B. Mm-hmm. Uh, R&B such as The Toys, The Supremes, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, like Hot Girls, mm-hmm. you know, just like today. Yep. And every other day in the, in the yep. history of the world, mm-hmm. Hot Girls has kind of been exactly what, what it's, gets, it's what gets true. Yeah, the popularity. It's true. Um, we, we get the Bob Dylan, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a big hit, the singer-songwriter thing. I wrote down blank and blank. This is very popular in this time period. Mm-hmm. Um, of Simon and Garfunkel. Yes. Um, someone and someone. Sonny and Cher. Sonny and Cher, yeah. Seals and Croft. Yeah. Like, we, yeah. we, we, we get, there's a lot of that. And it becomes huge. That becomes hugely popular and really replaces kind of like these funny song, the funny song kind of things mm-hmm. that were like we're not getting those funny songs anymore. Yeah. Um, still, still consider too that in terms of albums, the top, the top selling albums still are like soundtracks, mm-hmm. musicals. Yeah. Um, and 68, 68, looking at the charts, this is when it's like mostly. But but by '66, I wrote down '66. Seems like we made a pretty solid transition from like okay, the old stuff is no longer dominant. Mm-hmm. This new age music is dominant. So in '68, we get psychedelic music. It's like a number one hit. Um, Iron Butterfly, The Beatles had or you know obviously having hits. Those were the days. We have folk songs like that. I don't know mm-hmm. if you, you you know that song. I don't. Those I were the days, my friends. I thought they'd never end. Ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's these, you know, 60s singer songwriter, like pretty melody Tiny songs. Sen- kind of sentimental. Yeah, sentimental. Yeah. Oh, and I did mention, sorry, I forgot to mention, 66, we start getting the wall of sound. So, mm-hmm. like, the Supremes music, like, from 1965 on, you just have this huge orchestra behind them. Mm-hmm. The Ronettes, you know, that kind of thing. It's awesome. Phil Spector. Uh, comes in. In 1968, the Bee Gees had a huge hit, mm. which was surprising to me. Um, and also in 1968, we start getting actually a, some noticeable popularity of like rock brass bands. Um, okay. Things like Chicago. Oh, Chicago's so good. Yeah. I love Chicago. And yeah, yeah they use horns on well, like all their tears. tracks. I'm yeah. thinking. I'm thinking about that now. Even into the '80s, they always had such a big horn section. It, it, it's about the horn. Yeah. 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 Yep. So. Uh, it, it, I think you know. If anything, this just shows the really cool fraying mm-hmm. that's happening in the late '60s. Where, yeah. like, it, and if I was to analyze the '70s, man, the '70s goes in every direction. Yeah, we have yeah. what is it, Billy Mayhew, from mm-hmm. Billy Joel to MC Hammer. Yeah, you know, yeah. at the end of it mm-hmm. to Stevie to, I mean. Every which thing happened in yeah, the most Yeah, most genres crazy. that we think of as, like, popular music genres now were at least born by the 70s. Yeah. Uh, Other than, like, electronic music. And even, you could uh, uh, you could argue you that could electronic argue. music was invented much earlier, just didn't become commercially uh, successful. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'll yeah. say that in 1980, a huge hit in 1980 was Devo's Whip It, mm-hmm. which shows yeah. that, that, that there was techno going on yeah. in the late 70s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
1968, we covered that. So so now now I just have, you know, to end this, I just mm-hmm. kind of like went through every decade. 1970, yeah. 1980, yeah. 1990, and was just like, okay, where, where, where do we keep going? Yeah, let's go for let, it. Let me look at my notes and see if I have anything else super interesting before we get to just kind of looking quickly at the rest of mm-hmm. life so far. Um, yeah, but we covered everything. You, you you can see the general trends, mm-hmm. you know, what we get yeah. the new dramas coming in. It's just so interesting thinking that as the Beatles come out, like the majority most popular genres at the time mm-hmm. were jazz was, mm-hmm. was, was still hot, the crooner stuff, mm-hmm. um, the singer-songwriter kind of thing, weird music, some country. Like, that's what's on the charts when the Beatles show up. Yeah. Um, and, do- and, and like, still, you know, uh, up until, like, 1967, like, that that is the dominant stuff on the on the charts that that people are buying at the store, you know, and listening to in the radio. And that's kind of, that's kind of interesting to think about just in terms of, like, we've seen just generally – from like 1950 to now, say, you know, 70 years, mm-hmm. there's been a pretty robust popular music sales commercial market mm-hmm. in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I think the Billboard chart is a really interesting way of tracking that. Yeah. Right? And it's straight up popularity. Yeah, yeah. It's just about how many albums you sell, how much radio play you get, and nowadays how much streaming you, yeah. you get. Yeah. And it's interesting to see moments like this where there's like these really dominant genres in in commercial music and then one band or one song will like break through as an example of something that totally breaks the mold and is mm-hmm. nothing like all the music that's really popular at the time and that band you know whether they're a one-hit wonder or become you know stratospherically popular like mm-hmm. the beatles they're often credited with the success of like making that genre commercially successful. Totally, totally. And it's really interesting to think about that in terms of other musical genres too. Like, like for instance, in the late seventies, rap kind of has the same sort of exploding onto the mm. scene, and it becomes just hugely commercially successful. Yeah. And has now, I mean, nowadays, rap absolutely dominates the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah. you know, and it has for the last ten years. And you know, even earlier than that, we've seen so many artists mm-hmm. become super successful on the Hot 100 totally. from rap. And it kind of was the same sort of thing. Like the big rap song that made everybody, you know take rap seriously and it kind of just exploded into this commercial genre was uh, the Sugar Hill Gang's uh, Rapper's Delight. Mm -hmm. And um, that, but that song, it was not necessarily like, you know, the first good rap song, for Mm -hmm. instance. It was, that was the result of a culmination of actually years of like underground rap musicians and rap becoming popular, you know, across the country it, it, with a specific audience. Yeah. And it was the first time a mainstream record company produced a rap song. It was it was yeah. the first time that one became very commercially successful yeah. from a mainstream mm-hmm. uh com- from a mainstream record label. And it's just really interesting because that it seems like that's almost always how it goes where if a song from a genre becomes like super successful and commercially, you know, it does really well, it's never just coming out of a vacuum. It's always part of a tr- yeah, you know something absolutely. that's already been started yes. a long time ago like the Beatles mm-hmm. you know the Beatles burst onto the scene or it seemed like in the United States but there were plenty of artists that were doing stuff like the Beatles before but it just wasn't as successful uh, uh, yeah absolutely at least at least as far as like their early music went obviously they went in 
totally mm-hmm. new creative directions that that were totally unlike what they did at first. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's interesting. And, and and I think that shows that these charts are like delayed mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Or or, or you know because like when I think of like I was saying at the beginning when I think of 1968 I'm like ah oh, that's when Zeppelin took over. Mm-hmm. There like y- you look at the popularity charts of these times like Zeppelin doesn't show up. Yeah. But you know we look back at at 1969 1970 and be like oh that's when yeah. the craziest records were dropped and yeah. stuff. Well, look at the charts like it's not like they were that big yeah it's not like they sold that many records Mm -hmm. at the time yeah but their cultural impact has lasted a really long time maybe compared to some of these other people Mm -hmm. who like maybe our grandparents remember them super well Mm -hmm. but like we as the second or third generation on our perception of this time period is maybe a little different than what actually happened yes so the most by the end of the 60s the most popular genres we have are rock singer-songwriter, uh, solo pop, mm-hmm. solo pop singer, and R&B. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be it till now, yeah. pretty much. Uh, 1970, you know, the biggest, the biggest hits were some R&B songs, some singer-songwriter stuff like James Taylor, uh, Stevie Wonder, like the R&B, Neil Diamond, kind of like mm-hmm. the crooner, but singer-songwriter, uh, Grand Funk Railroad, and then long hair rockers, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. 1970s. 1980s, we get uh, the biggest songs are pop songs. The biggest yeah. songs are like yep. solo pop songs, yep. Madonna kind of stuff. Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Paul Notes, uh, William Nelson, you know, shows mm-hmm. up in there. Uh, but like, and then we, st- and we have the rock, we have, but only the big rock. So you think of in the late 70s, we had like crazy huge, the beginning of new wave indie music mm-hmm. in the late 70s, but like n- none of that shows up in terms of the charts except for like the cars, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like at the top. Um, and, and and the black solo singers were all women too. Mm-hmm. Like, and then in the 1990s, uh, it's the pop solo singer that's the most dominant, the Mariah Carey's, uh, the Janet Jackson's, the and then mm-hmm. we start getting by 1990, we start seeing rap like hit the charts, and and the first the first things they hit, you know, like huge hits, like top mm-hmm. top hits yeah. of rap were Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer, which yep. were like the most accessible to artists that got America into rap, yep. you know. Um, and then we we have like late first wave stuff like INXS, uh, not that much like rock in terms of like getting it big. Mm-hmm. You had like it wasn't like. You had one rock band that was just album after album after album being yeah. number one. Like like yeah. for Pearl Jam, you know, we think of the nineties like Pearl Jam and stuff. Like Pearl Jam had one big album. Mm-hmm. That was big, you know, for everyone. Radiohead had two big albums that mm-hmm. were that were big for everyone in in the nineties. Um two thousands yeah. and and two thousands, two thousand tens, two thousand twenties, the same story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one really really funny thing about twenty twenty was when I looked at uh, this week of October twenty twenty. Fleetwood Mac's the song Dream was mm-hmm. number 12 in the Because charts. of that TikTok because of the video. TikTok. But yeah, 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 because of that TikTok, yeah. the song from like 1974 yeah. was number well, 12 in the charts. But, it's, uh, but that's not a one-off thing though, because like oh, no. I remember, uh-huh. and it, this was actually years ago when we were in high school. Yeah. Uh, Journeys Don't Stop Believing that became like a top 100 totally, billboard hit yeah, because everybody, totally it, just out of nowhere, everybody like rediscovered this amazing yeah. song and it was like done to death at like choir shows and stuff like that You're at so the time. Right. I'm sure you remember this, yeah, but this I happens totally a lot. Do. Like, like yeah. for instance, my favorite band is Toto, yeah. right? And Toto is very like 80s 
you know, they're all session oh. musicians, so yeah, they play yeah. all kinds of stuff. Mm. And and you know, obviously their biggest hit that's like a total meme now is Africa. Yeah. Everybody knows Africa and like maybe Rosanna, but mm. no one knows any other total music other than like yeah. our parents. But hold the line. Like hold some people yeah, know yeah, hold yeah, the yeah. line, but like for the most part, people our age just know Africa. Yeah, you're right. And Africa is like kind of one of those sort of meme songs that like had this like resurgence in, of popularity yeah, in the absolutely. last 20 years. Yeah. I don't know if it ever, you know, became a, a top 10 billboard yes. billboard hit, but you know, there's a reason that people our age know it is because it it it's like one mm-hmm. of those songs that absolutely. is like commercially successful I, I, on the charts yeah. years after it was I, recorded. I think it seems like today there's a niche for everything. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That, you know, yep. that, that there's a niche for everything, but still like like more than ever you know, I, I said in the '70s we start solidifying the big genres, mm-hmm. and like the bi- the biggest hits are the super produced pop singers. Yeah, and just I mean the stuff that got the most the most advertising is the stuff in marketing is the stuff that gets mm-hmm. the most stuff. Yeah. So so like I, like a trend I see by by 2020 the the variation of artists that make the big charts has shrinks yeah we get less yeah. number one hits nowadays you know i i i, I think what, what or, or sorry we get less one hit wonders nowadays mm-hmm. it, it, than we did back like in the 90s there like if you looked at the number one hits it was a lot of one hit wonders mm-hmm. 2000s a lot of one hit wonders but now like by, by 2020 mm-hmm. it's the same artists that are dominating the top of the chart yeah. but there's, yeah, but there's niche everywhere but mm-hmm. but the, there's so many listeners out there that there's niche everywhere um uh, oh, and what was my last? I had one more. Oh, yeah, it's just it seems like everything is delayed. You know, mm-hmm. the, the charts yeah. are just kind of delayed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There we go. So next week, uh, one idea. You know, I like to just say like a random thing at the <laughs> end of this would be like, what's the most ridiculous thing? This is pretty ridiculous, but I'm kind of interested in terms of making another Beatles chart. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if I could find data on like. Who each Beatle was dating, <laughs> and then and at a certain at, time, yeah, yeah, based throughout on, the entire sixties, yeah. and then and then That's see funny. see exactly what what chicks were around per album That's and funny. per time. I that'd thought that'd be, be kind of funny. That'd be a funny episode. Oh, that'd be kind of funny. I thought it'd be kind of funny to see. It's like, oh, you know, when 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 this girl entered John's. <laughs> Let's see what happened when Yoko showed up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What happened to the what happened to the music? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, here's yeah. That that might be interesting. Yeah, that'd be okay. a fun that'd yeah, be a fun yeah, episode. Yeah. What else do you want to talk about eventually? I thought it would be fun to do an episode because we've just talked about the Beatles and been kind of specific. I thought it might be fun to go a little more conceptual and do an episode on uh, what makes people think that music is good. Okay. And like, why is it that we like the music we like? Totally. Because it's very subjective and interesting. Totally. Yeah, I I think that the key to it is subjectivity, right? It's going to be very subjective. I love that. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Could be a fun episode. Cool. Awesome. Uh, Engage.